All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Gunham Explained podcast. This is episode 11. Uh, thanks for joining. You're either watching this on YouTube, which if you haven't, please subscribe, um, or Spotify and all those other audio-like places uh, that you can listen to this at. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, let's uh, kind of get into it. Um, let's see. If uh, if you haven't, make sure to join the Discord. There's a link in the uh, description here for the Discord. There's a lot more uh, members, and there's some pretty cool discussion, especially around like Gunpla and collectibles specifically. Um, also, let's see here. Um, as for uh there's yeah the giveaway so yeah when i was uh the plan was when i hit 400 uh i have a giveaway where there's this high grade barbados lupus rex and the g frame gpo1 fb so that means there's going to be two winners and i've hit 400 i'm actually at 401 you know in fact i was at 400 the other day and then it dropped and then it went back up uh, but i've noticed this happens on youtube every once in a while uh, i think it's google just goes through and they with their algorithm or whatever, they're able to remove or ban like spam or bot accounts. <clears throat> so that's what happened there. Oh, and by the way, allergies messing with me. So I might sound a little off or even look a little off, a little red. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just storm came in through. Hey, I'm in Texas. Allergies can be annoying. But uh, anyway, so <laughs> I'm at 401. So uh, yeah. There will be, yeah, expect uh, this weekend uh, there will be a video up on the giveaway winners and then the new items that I'll be giving away. Yeah, I'm always going to do a giveaway. So even if I do my drawing, I mean, you might as well, if you haven't just subscribed, to be entered in the next and then the next one after that and the next. I like I like to give back as much as I can because the comments I get are pretty awesome. Um, even some really cool feedback I got that I'm going to talk about later on. Um, in the channel comments. It's about how I review action figures. Someone gave me some really cool feedback, and it really made me think, and I think I'm going to be able to take my uh, Gunpla and Collectibles reviews to the next level, but yeah, I'll get into that later. Um, but yeah, so since the last podcast, which was episode 10, can't believe I got to that, um, I, I have the uh, review up for the um, the Sazabi. Um, so check that out. Uh, this is where, yeah, sometimes even in the, uh, this little preview thumbnail, you can't even see my face because it was blocking me off. I'm trying to figure out how I can talk to the camera because to me, that's even more engaging than not. And then also show it, but I've, I've got an idea. Like I said, there's some feedback that gave me an idea. Um, but also I did a review of the first episode of Double Zeta Gundam. Now, something interesting I want to show here real quick as you can see that's got 13 views even though that was just a day ago um the first episode of mobile suit Gundam uh, has 118 views Zeta let's see where was that at 154 so it seems like Zeta is a little more popular I don't know if it has anything to do with um the title so uh, the reason I like to put the episode numbers in the title is to help, you know, as I go, I'm going to be doing eventually every episode. I don't, obviously not in every order or in the order of like the first series in Zeta, but as I go, uh, there's so many episodes. Like if you think about it, there's nearly 50 for Mobile Suit for Zeta and for Double Zeta and probably everything else, uh, Victory. Um, 
But I'll go in, I'll probably touch on episodes that I think are compelling to talk about. And so, with this uh, Double Zeta Gundam episode, the weird thing about that, and I'm curious what everyone else thinks, is it the, really the first real episode, and I don't even know what that means, is the second episode. Because when, I guess they originally aired Double Zeta Gundam in Japan in, what was it, 86, I believe... Um, it was, it was a prelude episode first. Wikipedia even says that's episode, no, Wikipedia says that's episode zero. The Blu-ray says that's episode one. Um, and even in my MB server, because I've ripped the Blu-ray so I can just stream it from my MB server, and I use, use like IMDB in the TV database, it actually takes the tag of, that uh, I guess there's a specific number for the show, and then it can auto-populate all the text, and it um, it even makes it where episode one is the prelude. So I didn't really know how I should number that. I don't know if that's affecting the title, or really, people don't really care, care about Double Zeta, and to be honest, I think it's because of the bad word of mouth it normally gets, and because there's not a real English um, dub for it. It's just subtitles. And I think, and even, I got to admit, this is something I haven't realized. When I'm watching Gundam shows, uh, especially um, like at night when I'm a little sleepy, if I have to read, I will fall asleep. But if I'm listening to it, I tend to stay up and I'm more engaged. And it's kind of weird. You know, when I was in high school, um, I really got into foreign films and most of them were subtitled. And I, I just preferred it like that. I would read the subtitles all the time because I was hearing the natural dialogue. Um, but really, uh, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I'm, I'm wondering what everyone thinks, and I really think it would be cool to put, I think I've mentioned this before, like a fan dub for Double Zeta. But anyway, enough about Double Zeta. Um, so yeah, those are the latest videos that are going on. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, I haven't really got anything new Gundam-wise, Gunpla-wise, you know, like uh, collectibles or video. I mean, I just have so much already. It's like, I don't need to be spending money on that stuff all the time. But, um, yeah, so nothing new in that regard. Um, but I guess I'll jump into news. Um, you know, for those that are playing Battle Operation 2, which I I do every day. I do the dailies. Um, they've uh, They have a new... Uh, a, a couple new cool things they've added. One is a spectator mode. Now, this is for future event. Now, this is a translation. So, I guess the idea is, and, um, you know, if you're watching the video version, you can kind of see here they're showing um, yeah, the different players. And I guess you can switch between the players and be able to watch it, which I think is pretty cool to do because that it's, a, it's one of those games that I think is very... I don't know what's what's the word for it. It's a highly technical game, and it it it's and I think that turns people away. I, it's, I mean, I know it's Gundam, but I think it's super underrated. Um, this game, it, it's just really good. And anyway, having a spectator mode, I think, helps people maybe spend time, you know, kind of watching how players are playing, getting an idea. I mean, there's so many different mobile suits. If you think about, I don't know, like Call of Duty. Or, um, you know, like, yeah, first person, I guess Call of Duty is really the main one. I mean, even if you were going to bring in Overwatch, you have Overwatch has set characters. Call of Duty has loadouts you can create. 
But what Battle Operation 2 does, it has so many different mobile suits. And it started from the original Mobile Suit Gundam era. And it's had almost like seasons that you now see in games. But it's the, as the time goes, it's it's time periods in Gundam. You know, with Mobile Suit with Zeta, Double Zeta, Char's Counterattack, and even Moon Gundam. Even today, I unlocked a suit from Moon Gundam. Um... And so there's so many suits, and they're all completely different. Some have kind of evasive bar- uh, barrel rolls, but evasive rolls you can do to get out of the way. Some have like uh, combo melee swings. Some don't. Some actually can transform into jets or or mobile armor and and fly away. Um, <clears throat> and so I think that when when some players have spent their time to understand those mechanics, and others haven't, and then they and then you're playing, you could feel left out. I know when I was first playing it, it was before it was even released uh, in the North American market. It was just the Asian version. I had a separate PSN account for that. Um, it uh, it was really hard for me to to get it to grasp it, but I I think the reason I liked it is because I did feel like I was piloting a mobile suit. It was like slow paced uh, combat. You would have your multiple weapons. There would be these cooldowns. I love the idea of cooldowns for weapons, not that you're running out of ammo. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm just gushing on the game, but really cool. They had the spectator mode. It gives you a chance to really check it out. Um, yeah, and I haven't even really looked more into how it works. If you can join any game, yeah, I'll have to look into that. But what's really cool is there's this masala. Uh, this is the new mobile suit, and it's this actually is a pretty cool aspect of Gun and Battle Operation 2 because it will release, even though it moves through forward through the timeline, it will then release suits from previous ones that they missed. And this is um, Sirocco, uh, Paptimus Sirocco's uh, Masala. And this is one that it was in Zeta. I think it was his uh, suit before the O, which is the, the mobile suit he used later on. Um, yeah, and this is a real good one. It's a 600 cost general unit. Um, and it also does the mobile armor transformation. Um, now, uh, when I logged in today, I did actually do the gotcha pull and I didn't get it. I did get some other cool suits though. So, so that's cool. And I don't have any attachment to this. I mean, if it was the O, that would be different. Um, but I don't really have any attachment to this suit, so. Uh, I'll probably end up getting it later. Like I didn't get the Sazabi or the new Gundam when they first came out, but I eventually did. And it, it, and I've kind of realized that you do eventually get the suits you want just by if you do the dailies, you save up your um, coins for maybe when they do half cost pulls or you know the thirty coin pull. Um, you'll eventually get what you want. I, I have the Zeta, the double Zeta. Those are a big deal to me. I have the super Gundam, but I don't have the standard Mark II, which is what I really want. Um, but I actually, the one I got that's now my favorite is the, uh, the Regizi, Regizi, um, from Shars Counterattack, the custom that Amaro uh, used. Um, that's my favorite suit. Um, you know, another cool thing they did in this was, so when you go to start a match, there's, you could choose from, you know, it's usually like three to four different game uh, or maps with game modes and cost because that's kind of how what helps this game work with mobile suits is 
a room with a certain cost, you will only be able to choose suits around that cost. The lower the cost, the more basic the suit is in terms of armor or customizing. And like 700, that's on the high end. And those have like so many slots for custom uh, parts uh, that could be extra armor, uh, thrusters, weaponry, a bunch of stuff to kind of not weaponry, but stuff that affects weapons, weapon stats. Um, and so a lot of that, what's uh, a seven, like the new Gundam, the Sazabi, stuff like that. Um, and then also within that is the space and ground. So even within the, the game types, which could be, you know, point capture where you could blow up the enemy base or, um, ace where someone is targeted as the ace and you have to take them out or you get more points if you're the ace and you take people out, but then you can be space and ground again. Gun and Battle Operation 2 has so much to it. It is, it is the most underrated game. Most underrated game I've ever played. I mean, let's just say that. I would say Quackshot on the Sega Genesis is another underrated game. But All right. Um, yeah, and that's it. You know, and along with this suit, and I don't know if it says down here. There was, others, there was some other suits that were released, too. And, and I got one of them. Um so, yeah, anyway, really cool. I, I can't believe all the stuff they do with this game, and it's free to play. It's, uh, that's yeah, amazing. All right, moving on. Um, so, I was in the uh, the Gundam Reddit, and they had uh, this poll here for best Gundam show. So, I was curious to think what that Gundam subreddit really thought. So, here we go. Uh, Let's see, in last, uh, looks like it's Gundam Wing, which is surprising, because I thought, like, everyone loved Wing, but I guess, you know, we don't see, there's other, so you would have to take that other and divide it up, and then you would have to then assume that, because it's placed in other, like, seed, I guess, that it wouldn't have the same amount that something that's actually listed here would have. But it's interesting that Iron-Blooded Orphans is number one. I haven't watched that one, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. Um, Gundam Wing being last. Okay, it looks like, and again, oh wait, that MS team seems to be very popular. That's like right below Iron-Blooded Orphans. Although someone on um, made a comment, and I might get to that comment here in a little bit about that, how I guess there's a nostalgia factor because it was on Adult Swim. And I guess I missed that. I knew Gundam Wing was on Adult Swim, but not oh wait, uh, MS Team. Because I really, uh, there's some cool, there's totally cool, totally awesome MS designs, and the concept of focusing on the ground battles are awesome. But everything else about that, uh, and I am going to do a deep dive on oh wait, the MS Team uh, for the channel. I will be going through every episode. And then we have Zeta, which seems to be number three, if, I, if that's lined up correctly, yeah. Zeta, um, which, yeah, that's great. And then Classic is lower. And they're kind of neck and neck in a way. I I, I get that. Uh, yeah, You know, it's different. You ask me one day, it's going to be different than the next if I like Zeta or Classic better. But, uh, yeah, of course, Double Zeta's not on here. That's just because no one seems to like Double Zeta. You don't see the representation. And I guarantee you, it is because of the, the fact that there's no dub because it has some goofy moments, sure. But, man, there are some episodes that are incredible and I cannot wait to talk about those episodes. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, oh, and, and that's something I meant to actually talk about earlier because I finished Double Zeta um, again uh, just the other night. It, it, and when I say uh, again, I mean almost really for the first time because before when I watched it, it was right when I got into Gundam. I wasn't really sure what things meant. But after really now being more into the uh, early UC timeline and even a little bit later, like Unicorn. Yeah, even Unicorn, you go back to Double Zeta and it's just so much cooler. Um Double Zeta has a lot, a lot going for it that just expands uh, the UC universe completely in terms of even the new type stuff. And Camille has a larger presence in Double Zeta than people give give it credit for. Um, in fact, like at the end of the day, I think the Camille's story in Double Zeta is awesome, even though people feel like it's depressing what happens to him, but it's almost like, what happened to him had to happen in order for the events of Double Zeta to conclude. And I don't want to spoil it, so spoiler, but then Camille is happy and he's dancing with Fa at the end. So, it, yeah, Double Zeta is amazing. I'm, I, yeah, it's now it's now up there. Um, and then, yeah, someone here, I think, oh, wait, the MS team is the best short encapsulation of what Gundam strives for. Is it? It's gritty mech combat, the trouble protagonist, ace pilot, the lack of moral clarity in war, and the idea of star-crossed lovers' rivals on both sides. But I think it's not necessarily the best jumping-off point. Okay, okay, I can, I can, I can get onto that because it's not. Um, yeah, War in the Pocket may be better. Oh, is that? Yeah, it's not even on here. War in the Pocket's amazing. I can't wait to uh, cover that. Let's see, I think you should consider one of the more modern series if you're considering if you like Gundam at all. I can't speak to you. Okay, well, I would consider actually watching Seed. There you go, since I think it is a good modernization and expansion of what the original MSG and Zeta were trying to explore. Without the burden of external expectations, I think it is actually a very strong series. Yeah, I'll get to Seed sometime. I just love UC, and I still need to dive into a lot of aspects of UC. I can't even wait to start talking about MS Igloo. MS Igloo. That's underrated. Speaking of things that are underrated, man, MS Igloo really expands the world building in the UC universe during the end of the one-year war. Or not even the end, during the one-year war. It's incredible. And excuse me for my uh, my allergies. Like, Man, it's it was a lot worse earlier. We were out uh, as a fam in the car. And storm was coming in. Um, I just started sneezing. It's a lot better now. I, I uh, made a quesadilla and I put some uh, hot sauce in it to help kind of clear that up. And I think it worked a little bit. But you know what works? Water. Water works. Okay. All right. Um. Well, man, I, yeah, I'm afraid this might be a shorter episode, but if I find more things to talk about, I definitely will. So those were really the only two bits of information I found interesting. You know, I did see a post where someone was trying to explain how, you know, the events of War in the Pocket, you know, at the end, Bernie's almost sacrificing himself for what? I don't know. Um, once you understand what happened with the story, how that kind of affected, like saved the timeline and... I don't know. I was watching the video and it was a little convoluted. It was making a lot of assumptions. So I kind of, kind of disregarded it. But if anyone has any thoughts on that, yeah, let me know. Um, 
know, while I'm here, let's just see what's going on. Um, anything interesting? Oh, that's some cool artwork. Gundarium Rhapsody. Um, okay, so much on the GPO2. This is the strongest Gundam in UC. MF has an atomic warhead ready to fire at any moment and is looking at you. Ah, an another series. I mean, I think Stardust Memory is so much better than 08th MS team for a lot of reasons. Um, uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, the GPO2 is, is definitely awesome and having, yeah, a nuke and then what happens in it. Yeah, dang. Um, oh, this is funny. When you see a, uh, a cockroach on the wall and they're showing a strike, free, not freedom, but a strike gun. I don't know. You know, it's seed. I, I still have to get into that, but it's firing off. Um, Gaia gear in Lego. Okay, here's something we could talk about. Gaia gear. So let me type that in. If um yeah, my keyboard shut off for a second. Can I even type? Um Gaia gear. So this is a Tomino written story that takes place. Um, and I think it says it here in the UC like 203 okay so that's interesting um if you think about that and again I apologize for the the um the tissue here i just want to make sure that you know i'm not like picking my nose <laughs> uh but so with the gaia gear what's interesting about this is it takes place yeah uc203 now it was just written let's see as a manga let's see it first ran as a serial um, in the New Type magazine. Uh, afterwards, the story was compiled into five novels, which were released from September 1988 until April 1992. So that's cool. And, you know, one thing one thing that's interesting, if you look at this character, you know, for those just listening, it's a blonde, blue-eyed character. That's a um, clone of Char. So, insane. Um, and, you know, the reason I wanted to bring up when it takes place is UC203, this still leaves room for G-Savior to still exist. And I like that because I feel like then you could make this into an animation, into a movie, this Gaia Gear. It could be called Mobile Suit Gundam Gaia Gear. I don't know. I, I You know, the story could be crap, and I don't know. I haven't even read it. Um I'm going to need to, but the, but I guess the synopsis seems pretty cool. So Gaia Gear is a story set in the future of the Universal Century timeline, specifically in UC-203. Once more, the governments of Earth and its space colonies are at odds and resolve their differences with man-machines. So that's one interesting thing is their mobile suits are called man-machines at that point, even though um, G-Saver takes place afterwards. But they never say Gundam in G-Saver 2, so it seems like the, you know, the language... Anyway, I'm, I'm um, talking about other stuff. Anyway, the resistance group uh, Metatron uh, fights against the manhunting attachment police force of the corrupt Earth Federation. Sounds like from Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway. Uh, to have a better chances, Metatron creates a memory clone of the legendary Char Aznable called Affranche Char. Interesting. Who commands the troops of Metatron and pilots the Gaia Gear Alpha? Um, oh, there's someone even named Messer, so that's interesting. Um, 
Yeah, very interesting. Earth Federation forces, a man hunting agency, and there's a resistance. Okay, so yeah, 200 years have passed since people floated the islands called space colonies into outer space. During this time, several wars have occurred. It was a battle in order to protect the Earth. Um, battle in order to protect the Earth. Amongst the twinkling of the stars, man hated one another, got hurt, and collapsed, yet did not forget love. Oh, how sweet. Much blood was shed, and grief brought forth the souls of the dead. Wander the silence of the universe... Wander the silence of the universe, become light, and melt into the Milky Way. Okay, this is very poetic. The immeasurable universe swallows the feelings of everyone, continuing with no change. When the Earth loses its radiance, changing the people's prayer to sighs of grief, one soul crosses time. Perhaps that person was the harbinger who awoke for that. Okay, so that was crazy, um, like poetic or whatever. I didn't really take that in before. <clears throat> um, but they're actually showing the timeline of events. So UC0155. So this would be like victory or post victory. Yeah, because I think uh, victory is 153. on organization, aka Z organization, establishes to oppose anti spacenoid, anti spacenoid federation police. So it's very much similar to uh, kind of the story that was going on in early UC. And yeah, I guess it even goes to this, yeah, 203. So anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because I, I I saw a post where someone was talking about the true sequel to, uh, I forget what it was, Shars Counterattack or something like that. And there was just like a meme and I, it just, it, it, and they were brought up Gaia Gear and it reminded me how this, uh, you know, the designs of Gaia Gear mobile suits are awesome. Do they have, maybe it's down here, and they, and it could still fit in UC. I mean, that's just, I haven't even got through everything. So, what this reminds me of is, it's sort of like taking Zeta and Victory Gundam and slapping it together, which, um, that's cool looking. That's cool looking. Yeah, these are some uh, sick designs here. There's Char. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, and, you know, I almost get, what is it called? The, uh, oh, what is the Vignagina? I guess maybe it's just the colors or something. But it kind of has that early 90s mobile suit design to it. I mean, this looks great. I love the way this looks. Uh, and I think, I think, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what this is about. That would be some cool, uh, uh, let's talk about like the history, um, but some cool bad guy fodder right there. Um, Yeah, very cool. I, I, I got to say, like, I, I don't think there's any official Gunpla. If there's some Gaia Gear Gunpla, please link that or come to the Discord and share it. Um, uh, very cool. Very cool. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know how much longer I am going to be able to survive my allergies, but we're going to get to the mobile suit of the week. It's the PMX-000 Misala. So, yeah, this is the mobile armor slash mobile suit from Zeta Gundam that's in Battle Operation 2. This is 
Paptimus Rocco's. I think it's the first mobile suit he started with before he got the O. So I like this, the three zeros, like triple zero. I've always liked that. I played this game on Dreamcast, like Tokyo Extreme Racer or something like that. And I remember I had this uh, this car. I called it triple zero, but I want to say I got that from an AFI song. But anyway, yeah, so this is a prototype transformable mobile armor. So, you know, something to keep in mind is even though Sirocco, I guess, was kind of the bad guy. I know a lot of times there's quotes, but this was one of those where it was he was a Titan. So he's technically with the Federation. Now, one thing I noticed, I didn't see anything on here about the whoever developed it. You know, like Anaheim Electronics, which probably it was just Anaheim Electronics, but. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. So if we looked at what it was developed into, ABFS, RR01S, Masala, Dinofoss to Jupiter. That's the craziest name I've seen for a mobile suit. That almost looks like a serial number for some like outdated boombox. If if anyone knows like um if anyone ha- has found what they think is the, the most insane mobile suit name, please. List it in the comments. Okay, so manufacturer Jupiter Fleet. So it didn't say that here. But I want to assume... I want to assume that 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 would be the same. So if we were going to click on Jupiter Fleet... So... um, Non-governmental organization. Let's see if they talk about it really quick. Um... Little is known about life near Jupiter during the one-year war era. Paptimus Sirocco commanded the Jupiter Energy Fleet's flagship, the Jupiter, and the Jupitris, Jupitris, yeah. And his extensive time spent out at Jupiter led some of his Earthborn Titan allies. Okay, so I'm gonna say that I'm going to assume that. They weren't necessarily, the Stupider fleet wasn't necessarily Xeon or Earth Federation. I guess they kind of, from what I understand, they were taking gases and other similar resources from Jupiter, filling them up in these canisters, sending them, sending them off uh, closer to the Earth sphere to be used by the colonies and whatever. Um, but I guess they had their own mobile forces. The Titans, I guess, reached out uh, to Sirocco. Paptimus Sirocco to uh, maybe help them out. But, uh, you know, some other pilots actually of this later on in the show, we had Z- uh, Sarah, that was a Titan. Uh, she was, um, yeah, let me pull her up again because I forget if she was with Jer- or Jared in terms of she was hanging out with Jared, you know, the guy that made fun of Camille's name. Um, And then Cats, didn't Cats... Or Cots, should you? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He like kind of liked her. It was kind of that same thing with Hathaway and um, Quest. Man, there's so many names to remember that are not normal names you would normally say. Um, so yeah, going back to what I was talking about. Um, and then Rukawa, which she was a, I guess a spy, if you want to say, for the Earth Federation or for the AU, I should say. And um, we're just anti-Titans, but yeah, she uh, 
fell in love with uh, Paptimus. I mean, that was one of his things where, you know, just like Char, um, he was able to get the affection of of a woman and then they would be willing to do things for him in battle. So, kind of interesting. We're seeing these common themes a lot with a lot of these pilots. But So, Rekua, Sarah piloted this. Um... Okay, so let's kind of dive into technology and combat characteristics. The Masala is the first of five mobile weapons personally produced by the powerful new type Paptimus Shirako on board the transport ship Jupitris. As the Masala was originally used to fly in the atmosphere of Jupiter, it is equipped with powerful thrusters to counter the planet's high gravitational pull. Because of this, when used under Earth's atmosphere, it is extremely fast and agile. The Masala is heavily armed with a pair of mega particle cannons, two missile pods, two beam sabers, two arm claws containing grenade launchers and Vulcan guns, and two leg claws. Thanks to those, uh, thanks to these weapons, the Masala is a deadly enemy in both close and long range combat. So armaments, beam saber. The Masala has two beam sabers stored in its wrist, and their grips extend when in use. Mega particle cannon. Each of the large backbinders house a mega particle cannon, along with the Majority of the Masala's thrusters powered directly by Masala's generator. Its destructive power is comparable to those of a battleship. So I'm seeing binders used again. I first learned of that utilization to describe things, movable parts connected to a mobile suit that houses thrusters and weapons from the Kshatriya. Um, I think I made reference to that for another mobile suit I was talking about last week, if I remember correctly. Um, but now we're, I'm kind of seeing that, uh, and it kind of confirms that here. Um, yeah, just some more words I'm learning. All right, a nine-tube missile pod mounted in each shoulder. They are unobstructed in both of the missile's forms. The micro-missiles housed within have high accuracy due to the seeker mounted in their tips. Arm claw. Attached to each of the wrists of the missile is a set of three-fingered claws that act as subarm unit. Acts. That acts as... Subarm unit. Okay. Capable of crushing enemy units, the two sets of arm claws are also armed with grenade launchers and Vulcan guns. Man, that's a lot of weapons already. Grenade launcher inside each arm claw is a three-round grenade launcher. Each, uh, the claw has to open for the grenade to be fired. That makes sense. You don't want to blow off your claw. Vulcan gun. On the sides of each arm claw are two Vulcan guns, which are likely used against m- missiles or other lightly armored targets. Leg claw. The feet of the Masala can function as claws for capturing and crushing enemy unit. Crushing enemy. So maybe sometimes the grammar is off here. And, I, you know, I need to make an account so I can edit this as I uh, I read these often. Um, all right. Again, excuse me for the allergies. History. The Masala was first introduced when Shirako used it to attack the shuttle Temptation under the command of Bright Noah. During this attack, it had a short battle with the RX-178 Gundam Mark II piloted by Camille Badan, the MS-001-00 Hayaku Shiki piloted by Quattro Bajina, and the RMS-099 Rick Diaz piloted by Emma Sheen. In this battle, it proved to be a dangerous enemy as the three AU pilots weren't able to hit it due to its incredible speed. Shirako used um, Sala a second time, acting as a vanguard for the Titans fleet during the AUG's orbital drop operation to attack Jaburo. To attack Jaburo. Uh, with the speed and power of the Masala, Shiraku was able to destroy a number of the AUG's Salamis Kai-class cruisers. 
Later, the missile was piloted by young Sirocco follower Sarah Zabirov, Zabirov and Rakoa Lund, who at that point had betrayed the AU to fight for Sirocco towards the end of the group's conflict, with Sirocco piloting the PMX-003, the O, Sarah piloting the PMX-002, uh, here we go, Bolianak Saman, and Rakoa piloting the PMX-001, Palisathene, that's a cool name. The Masala was left without any pilots, forcing it to sit the final battle of Grips 2 out. The Masala was not seen after that, and its fate is unknown. So, there's some uh, yeah pictures here on the wiki of it. And here's the, uh, the high-grade box for it. It looks cool. I always love the designs on the, uh, the Gumpla boxes. I've, I've kept all mine. There's so many of them. They're in the attic. Um, yeah, I really like the shot here. It's showing it. It's mobile armor form, and then you see the uh, Mark II down here. Um, very cool. Very cool. All right, notes and trivia. The Masala is the first ever transformable mobile weapon to appear on screen in Gundam animation history. Is that true? The first ever transformable mobile weapon to appear on screen. I almost think that can't be true, but is it true? I'm thinking of you get the core fighter, even the gun tank. I mean, is that transform? I mean, it is transforming, uh, even with the core booster and all that stuff, the G fighter, G Falcon, whatever that was called for Mobile Suit Gundam. Does it not count if it's a combiner? But then if we think of the Zeta Gundam... Yeah, Camille doesn't get that until later. But does the intro show? Yeah, that's interesting. I'm going to have to verify that by watching some more Gundam. Um, okay, in this other one, the Masala shares its name with one of the primary antagonists in the novel, Ben-Hur. Masala in the novel is Judah Ben-Hur's former childhood friend who betrays Judah by falsely accusing him of an attempted assassination of the Roman governor, which leads to his family's enslavement. Masala reappears later in the story as an accomplished chariot racer whom Judah must defend to free his family. Cool information, actually. I like I like that trivia. All right, so that's the Masala. That's in GBO2 right now if you want to try to get it. Um, it's very cool that it's a Jupiter... Uh, I guess, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a typical, and I'm going to, you know, I want to look at it a little more because it's not a typical Anaheim developed, but we're seeing some similarities here. The tubing really looks like, I was saying Xeon earlier, but that's not necessarily true because I think the Hayaku Shiki has that, unless that was just a common element used i mean it could just be that's how they designed it at the time for the shows um oh that that looks great that yeah there's some cool shots of it here i really love how it has this like jet fighter look to it and then yeah very cool uh yeah i'm gonna have to see if there's a robot spirits one of this all right well, um, you know what? It looks like we're making good time here. I'm going to jump into, uh, um, let's see, what time is it? I'm going to jump into comments. Um, let's see. Oh, no, I don't need to go that far. Okay, Santo Bell, I mentioned this uh, in Discord. Yeah, Discord's awesome. Everyone, you got to join Discord. 
But uh, the Hazel TR1 and all its variants are worth every cent spent to get them. I've collected a couple of the high-grade kits, and they look fantastic. The booster shield is very unique, not to mention the legs. And there is such uh, a history to the suit and the manga, both the TR1 and the falling versions. You see side stories are a gold mine of great storytelling and design. Happy 10th podcast. Me, my wife, and the kids who enjoy the show. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I can't believe I did 10. I'm on 11 now. Um, and, you know, I, I think it was in that episode I was talking about how um, premium Bandai, let's, and let's actually check it out. Um, I, I wanted to pre-order it, and I was afraid I wasn't going to be able to wake up and get in. It's still available for pre-order. So this beautiful, beautiful, one of the greatest looking mobile suits, I think, is still available for pre-order if you want it. I mean, just look at that thing. Look at that. It just takes the best elements of the original Gundam. The um, Mark II, but I, and I feel like it's just really an evolution of that. Without going the Zeta route or New Gundam, whatever. It's a very cool, very cool. Um, like, I mean, then he says, if you like the Hazel, check the TR6. I think that's the number it's called. And I'll probably butcher this, but has them the two raw. Yeah, that sounds right. That's, um, yeah, that's what this one looks like. Um, man, that's very interesting because it has the, the legs, um, on it are, yeah, there's, oh, what, okay, so this is in stock, Big Bad Toy Store. Now, this is a model kit, but still, look at that. Like, man, uh, love the way this looks. Yeah, this is, this looks amazing. Uh, I, I feel like I need to get that, but I've been laying off of model kits for now because I really have so many. Um, oh, there's a version in, in Breaker 3. Okay. Do I have that? I don't know. I have one of the breakers, and it was all right. But. Okay, so um, Rob the Builder, adding a relevant comment. At some point, would you consider reviewing showing your streaming setup? I'm tech-challenged and would love to have a go at it. Just don't know what all uh, is really involved on a small, non-Linus tech tips baller budget. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going to make a video about my setup, and real quick, I'll kind of explain it. So... I I used to do YouTube a while back, and then I just got burned out on it. it. It was mainly gaming, and and then I switched to just being experimental. I was just trying to leverage the technology I had to see what I could reproduce, what I could replicate. Because at the end of the day, filmmaking is kind of a, or I don't know, storytelling in some form is something I like to do, but with technology. So the the way I have my setup is I wanted to be able to talk about a lot of stuff, show off a lot of stuff, but not really worry about editing a lot. And this is actually going to get into another comment coming up here pretty soon. And so I have my stream set up, yeah, where I have like this this you know border around it. My uh, my plan is eventually once I have got to a point where I feel like I deserve the right to ask for money via Patreon, something like that. Um, I want to have a ticker down below where people can, whatever they want to be able to post about will be in that blank blue area down below here. Um, and I like just, I have, yeah, my, it's a Sony a6000 that's set up. 
that's this camera. I have a handy cam, a Sony handy cam that I use as my secondary when I'm doing the, uh, uh, I have this light box that's right over here. And when I have that on, I then just, I use like Streamlabs is up right now. And then I just use the source and I change it to be the camera. Right now it's just the browser. When I'm doing my videos uh, or when I'm doing my reviews of the shows and the movies, I actually um, just open up my MB because I rip everything to MB um, or to my hard drive and I have an MB server. I just load that up and then I just start watching. And I, actually, let me show that real quick. Hopefully it doesn't. Yeah. So yeah, this is what this looks like. And I, you know, I'd click on like the movies. Um, looks like everything's updated. Sometimes I have to come in here and fix it, but yeah, I can come in here and just watch whatever, you know, Gundam movie I want to, or, um, yeah, the shows here. Um, and, and so as I get the Blu-ray, and that's my plan, I get the Blu-ray. And you can kind of see back here, I have the Blu-rays lined up. Um, yeah, because I plan to keep them. I'm ripping them, but I am keeping them. Um, uh, and so then, yeah, I can watch something, and then all of a sudden it's it's right here. And so that limits my editing. What I've been doing is, and I didn't do this in my first few videos if you watch them, but now... I do take the time to go in and edit out when I mess up when I do pauses. Now, since this is a podcast, the idea here is that I'm just being a little more just kind of chill, just kind of hang out. I still think I'm a little stiff. I'm trying to break out of that. Uh, I eventually, you know, want to have another uh, host. I, I do want to have it where there's either two or three people, multiple people talking. Um, I just got to get the exposure, find the right person. we got to gel and... Um, I think once that occurs, uh, yeah, that that would be awesome. So, yeah, that kind of explains it. Um, yeah, but thanks for asking. I really, I really will make a video about it there, so I can actually show because I have multi monitors here. Um, I have lights set up, and again, I used to do more photography stuff, and so I kind of these are things I've scraped together through the years. Some have been expensive, some have not, but yeah, I'll detail it later. Um, Let's see. We've got Ji Wong Lee, Dibs on Barbados. All right, man. Hopefully you get it. I'll be, uh, I haven't even done the drawing yet, but I will be doing that this weekend. Um, let's see. Uh, Clint, good to see you. Does anyone else think Gundam is now an underrated anime mech franchise? And I said it is, but then I see a lot of people like it. And it is, and that's why I started this YouTube channel. It's like, I think it's underrated because I haven't, it's like I didn't know about it. This whole time, you know, I'm 38 and I didn't really know about it my whole life or I might have or I just knew there was this robots in Japan thing. But I think I do think here in the West, I'm in Texas. It's most people don't really care too much about anime. I mean, and even when I was in school, people that liked anime, they were like their own little group in uh, it's it's so weird. It, it it I think there are things people judge, and that just keeps them away. When if you were to look past that, and again, I always kind of attribute me getting a gun to maybe with the fact that I did this like huge like meditative thing for a long period of time, where I meditated every day and kind of re did my a lot of positive things have happened since then, and. I, it could be one thing I opened my mind to understanding that, you know, Gundam is aligns with a lot of the things I like. Um, and so that's why I think it's underrated. It's um, 
Uh, let's see. IBO's amazing. Yeah, and he's even saying uh, IBO's uh, uh, amazing. Yeah, I I'll have to check that out. Um, yeah, a lot of people like the Barbados Lupus. Um, it's really weird how it and it reminds me of that battle operation too. Like I I do follow video games a lot. Like right now I'm playing so much Ghost of Tsushima. I almost didn't want to do this. I was gonna say, oh I got allergies and I'll just play Ghost of Tsushima. I love that game, Ghost of Tsushima, but I'm I'm a big gamer, and that's what a lot of my old YouTube content was. And I follow the games industry, and no one ever talks about Gundam Battle Operation Two. Yet I think it is an amazing game. It's highly technical. It's super deep. But yeah, it's so weird. But then you see, not only are people, so many people joining this YouTube channel. It, uh, um, but everyone's so cool that comments. And when you go on the Reddit, people in the Reddit are cool and super sharp too. You talk about certain deep themes and gunman. So it's a very weird thing for me. I think it's one of those things where it's an example of something where America doesn't need to define or the West doesn't need to define something's popularity uh, or its popularity doesn't need to be defined by interest in in America. Yeah, something like that. Growing up in America, I just think if it's not popular here, it's not popular, but that's not the case. All right, that was a lot of talking, so Executive Sonda, honestly, OGMSG is my favorite show in the Gundam series. That's awesome. Yeah, I was saying, can't argue that. Yeah, it's, I was watching it again, you know, for this review, and I was just like, man, I'm, I'm captivated. Hey, Robert, it is pronounced by Yarlint, by Yarlint. I believe. Well, Robert, you're usually spot on. And yeah, Robert and I were supposed to meet up the other day on a Zoom and I totally, family stuff gets in the way. Uh, if I'm not working on a Gundam video and I'm not working on my work, and I'm not playing video games. I'm doing stuff with the kids. They have sports. I have three. It's, yeah, I'm a busy guy. Uh, Dart, wait, let me get this name. Dartangnan James. Well, James is easy enough, but that's a very unique name. Char's soul is weighed down by gravity. Is it? Is his soul weighed down by gravity? When he's on Earth, is he on Earth? Yeah, that's an interesting... Could his soul be weighed down by gravity to have him make the decisions that he does? It's a good point. Oh, and another, also another weird thing about new types is that they sort of imprint on each other. You know, yeah, I was reading this comment and then I was watching Double Zeta and they specifically brought up imprint. Um, Sharon Amaro imprint on Lala, Hathaway imprints on Quest, Benajer and Andre imprint on each other, Ready imprints on Maneva, Katz imprints on Sarah, Camille imprints on Four. It happens over and over, and it's never talked about. So let me see this imprinting correctly. So Sharon Armour imprint on Lala. Hathaway imprints on Quest. Benajer and Audrey imprint on each other. Riddy imprints on Maneva. So it's almost like saying the imprint is like the one new type almost it becomes attracted to the other, and that's the direction of the imprint, which I almost think would be the other way. Imprints like Maneva is imprinting on Riddy's mind because he was obsessed 
with her in a way. I think it was more of the ideology and their background. But uh, that's interesting, though. That's very interesting. But even with, like, Camille and Four, I think, you know, they liked each other. So, yeah, if you wouldn't mind, uh, Darteg and Nan James, if you could expand on that some more. Because uh, um, I really like what you're talking about there. Um, Alexander, can you enter me? Done. Joseph, 117 animations. Please me, you got it. All right. Oh, D'Artagnan and James again. Um, man, great comments. Uh, people love always MS team because of Adult Swim nostalgia. I kind of share your opinion. I like it, but it also went a long way to convince people you see mobile suits are clunky and slow when they're not. If you watch Zeta, those mobile suits are fast and agile, but everyone insists the UC suits are slow and clunky and meant to be that way. It's sort of unfair. You know what? I didn't really think about it. But that's a good point because um, uh, oh wait, let me read this. Zeta, Zeta. Oh yeah, I asked. You know what show do you think Wolf represents the era? Zeta, and I agree. Zeta captures everything associated with the UC, in my opinion. Zeta expanded on the new types and laid the foundations that were built on in CCA and further built on in Unicorn. Zeta also expanded on the gross uh, political state of the Federation and its imperialism. Um, imperialism and gave a more concrete idea of how people on Earth continue to create the conditions setting up conflict. The Zabi family was wrong, but space noids do truly deserve independence, even in terms of mobile suits. Zeta introduced Anaheim Electronics as a bigger player than stated in the original series, and you can trace that influence up till Hathaway's Flash and beyond. Yep. Even in Unicorn, Ready is given the Delta Plus, which is basically a better Hayaku Shiki, and it, and it sets him up in an antagonistic role. Good point. Zeta really built the foundation for everything in the main Yusimi timeline. Yeah. It's actually a shame. Zeta's been largely ignored or forgotten by the Western fandom for so long because it was never put out on Toonami. Uh, but because of that, a lot of people associate the UC more so with 08th MS team and the various OVAs they've uh, had access to. A lot of people hate the new type stuff, even though it's the core of the main series. And a lot of the fans have distorted views on how mobile suits even work because their main reference isn't Zeta. I'm sorry. This is poorly worded. No, that was excellent worded. Thank you very much for this type of comment because that makes so much sense. Um, it, it, that yeah, I, I I agree. Then Zeta is the best. I'll agree with you. Yeah, Zeta is the best to represent um, Gundam in the UC era. Um, yeah, in oh wait, the MS team. I guess maybe at the time. Those mobile suits would have been slow, but it doesn't really best represent, yeah, moving forward, the extreme uh, the way the suits can get. Um, even, yeah, like we were just talking about with the uh, Masala, how that was developed in Jupiter's atmosphere. There was more, uh, it was a thicker atmosphere, required stronger thrusters so that the Masala in space then is super fast. Yeah, it very much lends that. So, you know what, Darte Gannon James, I'm sorry I'm butchering that first part of your name, but that is some good commenting right there. So, thank you very much. Um, if you haven't, hopefully I haven't missed you if you have, but join the Discord. All right. Um, okay, here we go. Santo Bell, I was hoping for a little um, more out of that uh, Robot Spirits figure. This is obvious. Iconic and much beloved to have standard articulation. While anime accurate, the figure seems to lack the detail of its kit-based counterparts. I think it'll be... Uh, I'll be getting the RG1, and if I can find a copy of the Vargil to go with that, 
will almost complete out a section of my UC series Moon Gundam timeline collection. Yeah, that is a good point. That is a that Vargil looks good, and it seems like that era they have those similarities. But yeah, something about that's a zombie. Other than that, I broke the beam saber. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's all right. But yeah, the real grade is sick, isn't it? Um, oh, here we go, Dylan. Oh, this was excellent feedback. I want to get some other people's thoughts on this. So, hey, man, I love the videos. I love the consistency, and I mean this from the most loving place I can. Yeah, don't worry. I I don't take this stuff seriously. Uh, I, I mean, I don't take this stuff personally, negatively. I always think this feedback is awesome. I want you to succeed. I think that your editing could use some work. You have a kind of Twitch live stream layout. I think that for videos, it would be better if you use full screen uh, of the figures during the review and when you talk about the origins and where it comes from. You can cut to your face cam and stuff. I know you're doing your best. I'm not suggesting that me, some random viewer, knows better than you. I'm just making a suggestion. I love your commentary and inputs. I just think your filming and editing can improve. So, yeah, you said um, uh, da, 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 uh, some random viewer knows better than you, but you know what? Honestly, I think random viewers do know in some way. It reminds me of me. You know, I'm doing this based on all of the um, YouTube videos that I've been watching and what format I would like to see it in. And so I've actually been working on this. Um, I have a, a, an idea for how I can um, start making yeah the, the, the reviews of the Gunpla, the Robot Spirits, whatever, uh, where it is going to be full screen and I can quickly jump to me or do dual if I'm going to be speaking about something. Um, yeah, because that's been something – that's been a point of contention to me anyway. Um, so, Dylan, I appreciate the comment. And that um, – I think that's going to go well with – you know, I was talking about I'm going to do that video about how I do my setup. And then I'll kind of show off what my plans are for when I'm doing the oh, when he brought up uh, Jobby the Hong. If 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 anyone doesn't know uh, Jobby, he re reviews action figures, but he reviews action figures that I don't even collect. It's it's Transformers and maybe some other anime based stuff, but I watch him for him, right? And that's something cool that can come out of being a YouTuber is you could have a sort of personality that maybe people just want to hear what you have to say. And and that might be a, a percentage or an aspect of people coming to watch my channel. So I want to be able to not only fulfill that aspect, but also what I'm presenting. And Jobby does it where it's full screen, but it cuts to him. And that's the thing. When I watch other um, YouTubers that review action figures, if they're not in it, I'll watch it, but it's not as engaging to me. I'll even I'll even have it where I'm not watching it. And I'm just, you know, doing stuff on my computer. I have two monitors. That's why I'm doing this with my hands. Um, and I'll have, uh, you know, Anthony's Customs or Anthony. Yeah, Anthony's Customs. I, I like his uh, reviews too. But, you know, I guess a lot of them he's not in. And I don't think that necessarily matters too much. But. I don't know. Uh, here's me just talking a lot again because that's what I like to do. But, you know, thank you, Dylan. I appreciate it. Uh, Tomaniac win. I usually take uh, out of the beam and put the hilt in the hand first. Like, joint is basically a statue to me. Yeah, you know what? Maybe that is a good tip because I'll have the beam in the hilt and I'll just, uh, with all of mine, I, I do that. And I guess when it's hard to get the hilt in the hand and then oh 
pressure went the wrong way and I break. Yeah. Yeah, that's bad. It's like stubbing a toe. No, no, no. Because stubbing a toe, that goes away. A broken beam saber is forever. So anyway. Robert Westfall, give Gundam one of the giveaways. Ah, yeah, that's right. There was a, a uh, user named Gundam. And they said they didn't have a Gundam. Okay, hold on. I... I Okay, apologies. I thought I would go this whole, what is, it's been an hour? Without sneezing and I just sneezed. Okay, let me finish this up. Um, okay, Robert talked about the EX-19 Archangel. And I looked that up and I guess that's a seed craft or battleship or whatever. And it looks amazing and it reminds me of UC. And I saw that then there's also these model kits in that same line where they come with little mobile suits and stuff and Man, I really want to get that. Um, Robert, as always, thanks for your um, commentary. Um, Lacobos Ferrandendado. Is it necessary to comment? You know, nope, but it helps. Why does it help? I don't know, but I'm just going to say it helps. Robert Westfall, I too have lost a beam saber for my Gunpla. Yeah, it's just a thing. Uh, Gamer Wits, it is... Oh, it's set in Davao, Philippines, and not in Australia. Yeah, I've, uh, I know I'm gonna get these comments until the day I die. Um, but that, uh, teaches me a lot. Um, yeah, I, I corrected myself in a, in a future video, or not a future, in a later video. So, yeah, this is the Hathaway review impressions. There's a part two. Clint, hey man, do you have a personal Twitter account I can follow? Oh, yeah, I do. It's Adam Blue. It's, uh, it's mainly I talk about video games and, and ancient history. I'm into um, again, excuse me. I'm into uh, ancient history that hasn't been explained. Things that have to do with ancient human history, because um, there's a lot of interesting anomalies uh, found around the world, and I like to dive into that. And there's a huge community of people that also dive into that. And I'm a security analyst by trade. That's my profession. And doing being a security analyst requires me to look at multiple data sets. Over and over and over and over, find repeatable patterns and be able to come to a conclusion. And so now when I look at ancient history and I see something somewhere else, I'm like, well, it's odd. If this is here and this is there, that goes against the timeline. But then if we look at a whole other area of uh, practice like geology or cosmology or whatever, like you start seeing pattern. I start seeing patterns and start seeing where uh, there's relationships and there's more. Anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter if you want to see that stuff. Um, also, Clint brought up, uh, if I can give you some AU recommendations, IBO and O at the top. What about Seed? Oh, and then, wait, he says, then Wind, then G, then Seed. Wow. Seed bounces back and forth with people. Also, you should check out the H2 Gundam. It's kind of uh, like the Zeta, but better. Okay, I will have to do that. Thanks, Clint. Robert, first comment, first like, legend, of course. Uh, I feel like a goat when I say this, but meh, huh? Um, yeah, I guess people in general just didn't really care about Double Zeta, and I'm going to say it's due to ignorance. <laughs> All right, uh, BMCGI, uh, look, at uh, look, the animation itself was super dope, all from Hathaway. It felt like an actual movie, but the plot and storyline, what the fuck happened? Clearly, I missed the plot line because I have no clue who is the good guy or bad guy. Should I look at it like it's just a side-by-side? Side? Yeah. 
Um, definitely, there's no good guy or bad guy. It's really cool how that sets it up, and even Hathaway struggles with it. Check out my part two. I, I noticed this is that first video. Check out my part two because I kind of dive in more into that because I watched it three times, and then I waited like, what, a month or two, and then I watched it again and read some Reddit comments, and it kind of helped uh, get, get deeper into it. And then uh, last comment from Clint. Barbados, I know you want that, man. I hope you win it. Um, but uh, anyway, I think that's it. I, I, you know, I felt a burst of energy at the later half of the show. The beginning, I was like, oh, the allergies. Ugh. But later half of the show, um, I felt a lot better. Um, yeah, guys, thanks for watching. Please subscribe if you haven't. Follow me. Uh, go to Discord. Um, add some stuff in there. I want to start collecting stuff from Discord that I'll talk about on the podcast. But if anyone has any suggestions, too, about things they want to see, I even if I don't answer or if I don't make a video on that right away, it is planned. Because I have a backlog of things. I have stuff I've already shot and edited that I need to upload. Um, but I'm... Some what I do is I have my three times a week, and then I'll throw something out on like a Tuesday or Thursday, um, and then sometimes on a weekend. It, it, it's really due to time. But anyway, I could talk forever, and I need to uh, get to sleep, edit this video. So, um, guys, uh, thanks for watching, listening. Talk to you later.